Before we start this week's episode of For the Taste, we want to give a big shout out to all first responders, all frontline people that are out there risking their lives and doing their livelihood to be able to provide for us folks. Just know that we appreciate it. We respect y'all. Peace, love, and make sure y'all do y'all best to be able to give back to them same people, be it through a food bank, through a donation. There's plenty of options. Do whatever you can. Give what you can. But just let those folks know. We appreciate them. All right. On to the show. Sister, sister, in the place to be. Something profound is profoundness. What up, though? Oh, nothing. Just drinking my coffee tea in the morning. You know, they say drinking tea and coffee helps uh, stimulate the mind, get the body going, keeps the glands with some moistening, (laughs) you know, to to be able to speak to people's own Ah, microphones. Yeah, I I had no clue. Thank you for the gem, brother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I appreciate that gem. I'm just trying to lose this gut. That's it. Yeah, I know. All the other stuff is a plus. Yeah, I was about to say, in most days, I would be drinking tea, which I've somewhat grown up from just drinking, you know, everything else but the, the healthy things like coffee, teas, and waters. This morning, though, after having a quality bike ride, it is orange juice. And when I say orange juice, it's really a mimosa. But, you know, yeah. it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool. That's champagne. Champagne for your campaign. Okay. Yep, champagne campaign I- all day. I remember you used to drink just a lot of milk. Well, milk does a body good. At least that's what they told us on the commercials. I just don't like the way it coats the cup. Like, why did they do the cup that way? Well, because it is milk from a heifer. You know, um, (laughs) when we come back and reflect, there's a lot of shit that our our growings up, we ate and experienced that some of it can lay in the past, let's just say. Right. First question I have for you. let Let me backtrack here. We on. First things first. I want to make sure I introduce my good sister, Miss Alicia Page. I I am Alicia, I think is how the handle goes. And that's two I's, not two E-Y-E's like ojos. See, gave gave me a little Espanol first thing in the the podcast. No, Uh, I I am Alicia on Instagram. Photog, entrepreneur, visionist, activist, positive energy, and just all around good people. And I'd be saying that shit even if she wasn't my sister. But she is back returning guest on the revamped version of the Forty Taste Podcast. She is back. Yes. Ha. What up, though? Live from the valley somewhere in California. I'm actually in Long Beach oh, right now. Long Beach. Yeah. Long it's Beach, nice gangsta, Crips. You're dumb. I really like Long Beach because I be rollerblading to the to the beach, you know, right up the street. Okay. You know, rollerblade to the park, rollerblade up down the street. Really nice you, and beachy. You mean social distance to the park, social distance to the beach, social oh, distance. Oh, they can't catch up with me anyway. I be skating. Now, <laughs> as of this recording, we're, both states are pretty much right on the borderline of going through, I guess they call phase one of reopening the states. Mm. I, I see. Seen, I, I, I saw last weekend. It was it was a little little crack a lacking out there on the beaches in California. They're doing they're doing a lot. They really are. And it's like you know when people when you're like, well, reopen slowly. Everyone's like, okay, it's slowly me and my friends going, or me and my household going. So now the beaches full of people mm-hmm. and just passing stuff because they don't wear their masks anyway. I keep my mask on even when I rollerblade and stuff. But for some reason, these people think that bandanas and no mask is safe just because they said you can go to the beach. Okay. Okay, well, first off, we know bandanas at least protect your face from crime, from random spit coming back. And they may not be the, the N95s. Holler at me on the low if you want an N95. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm kidding. Kidding. <laughs> kidding. But when you wear the bandanas and the 
soft mask. It's less about you transmitting it or getting it transmitted to you. It's you if you are sick that you're keeping it with yourself, which is a whole nother, you know, bag of wax in itself. I think it's just mainly that people, we're getting to that time of the year, especially out West where the weather is getting good. And I'm saying out West, like skipping Vegas, because we're actually about to hit that heat wave shit that I'm just not the biggest fan of because our our good weather was missed in the the first half of the Rona Chronicles. (laughs) California is about to go live with great weather. It's about yeah. to get real ugly, like in the Midwest and the Northeast, where they only get good weather, you know, four and a half months if they're lucky out of the year. So that's why you're starting to see some of this fervor. So I'd say the first question I have for you, with you being out in California and you seeing all what's going on, what what does it feel like seeing the second largest city in the country, the fifth largest economy in the world kind of still be on pause? What, what has it been like? It's scary, first of all, because yes, people are getting stimuluses. Yes, unemployment. Yes, they have all these different resources, but everyone else is trying to get these resources. So it's like we're while we're waiting on hold, we're losing money. While we're waiting on hold, families are hungry. Like they're like, we'll call you back. They don't call back, so you got to get back in the queue. So it's like the shutdown and the stop of money has really, really rocked everybody for real. Like to the point where you're paranoid. I try to walk. I work. I live right by a Seven Eleven. I'd be paranoid to go to the Seven Eleven. I'd be hungry. Why? Why am I paranoid? Because it's this monster outside. You don't know who has it. You don't know who's super infected with no mask. You just don't know. And for us not to be able to go nowhere, Disneyland closed, Six Flags closed, City is like a ghost town. And I never thought I would ever see that. To the point where I was trying to work, CJ, I was like, let me get out here and post me and just have crutch money. Let me just, since nothing else is moving, mm-hmm. let me just post me on a DoorDash. Why? My mind was making me feel like I was getting sick. So I turned right back around and went home. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, it's like that, a mind control thing too. It's not that. Yeah, I could, I could see that because as you brought up, it's it's almost like the the idea that our mama and, you know, GP, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later, when they talk to us about driving, it's not so much about how you're driving. They're more worried about the other people on the road. Now, take that same thing right. and magnify it times a hundred and then variable exactly. include with the Rona. It's not so much about you. That's I get the whole social distancing thing. And that is very mm-hmm. important, even as of this recording, because it'll come out right around the time where some of the states are opening. But a lot of them are still going to have y'all asses closed. So stick to it as best you can. And right. if, if you're going to go do something, do it where there's some space. Please just don't be ignorant. And notice when I say not ignorant, but ignorant. Ignorant. Don't, don't be throwing yeah. parties. Don't be somewhere where, you know, the illegal barbershops. Just be smart. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you see hmm. how they were gathering for Nipsey's death? Yes. God bless. You know, all that. But why are there hundreds of black folks? gathered lighting candles and stuff y'all are not exempt and it's like it's that level of ignorantness that is going to keep it going yeah and you know we're already at risk because of us being black so it's like okay yeah all right yeah and, and the thing that I, i'm glad that you brought that up is that as much as we might want to talk about other folks and other nationalities being ignorant making and doing these protests doing these rallies for a whole different reason you know, just because mm-hmm. y'all ain't never been used to having to sit down. Now you want to complain about it. You just take the scale mm-hmm. to the other side with, you know, our brothers and sisters like you just talked about. They're they're missing the point. Anytime you listen to an old head and they say, I ain't got to worry about the Rona because black folks don't get it. All right. All right. When, when studies are already shown that we tend to be, as you said, more prone to, you know, diseases and bacteria mm-hmm. that can stick into the body. So they don't know no better. 
But all in all, if people keep themselves with some kind of distancing, they should be okay. Now, mm-hmm. May 1st is when they say that the phase one is supposed to happen. And for most of the Western states, I think they came up with a super group name like the Western Alliance or the Western Pat. And That's it's, cute. Yeah, it's adorable. But it's, it's California, <laughs> Nevada, Washington State, Oregon, those states there. I'm sorry, in Colorado, those are the Western Pack that are okay. on May 1st going to look to phase one, which was pretty much treat retail businesses like the restaurant businesses have been where you can do delivery and carry out operations. Okay. Parks and recreation areas will open. Now, will they put basketball hoops back up? Mm, I don't know. They did say those are going to open back up. And then from there, there'll be about a 14 day window to where they'll see if the, the big number is one bed per one person that they find with the Rona illness. Okay. If that can end up decreasing, then they'll consider going to phase two. In most states that we named in this Western pack, that's great. You know, Mm -hmm. it's helping to what you brought up, that economic reset to at least get some people back out there and to get them comfortable with going back out into, quote, the world. And with you being just like me, born in the city of Las Vegas, that doesn't really do as much here because the gaming is still going to be on shutdown for a little bit of time. So what I'll pose to you is, is when they open up, because you're going to be right in the middle of it, what do you think it's going to be like in some of your favorite places, you know, Sunset, Downtown, Long Beach Pier? Do you think we're going to see just people wanting to go out there and go to the pier and go eat? Or do you think it's going to be more I Am Legend-ish? I think that all this is psychological and a lot of people cannot stand themselves and they're in a rush to leave their home. So I think the streets are going to be flooded because even like two weeks ago, I was driving to the store every day. There's more and more cars on the road and it's like, no one's going to work. So where the hell are y'all going? (laughs) Where are you going? So I think that if they open it up, you know, people take a foot when you give them an inch. So I think they're going to, I think it's going to get bad again. And then, not be bad. I think a few people are going to get sick or or sick and then it's going to like slowly trickle off. But I, you know, people are real anxious to get it popping again and to go have a drink at the bar again, um, to go take half new photos on the beach again. Like everyone's anxious. So I think it's going to be not that great at well, first. They, they do talk about the potential of having another spike. And then even yeah. with, they go back to, was it the 1918? case of the plague the mirrors or yeah and where philadelphia decided not to do a slow opening and they allowed for public gatherings and it spiked uh-huh. back up and then new york city and new york state they didn't they went back to small scale and they had a more quote flattening effect of it i can see what yeah. your point is that you think that people in warm weather areas they're going to rush out um, mm-hmm. places where the weather's still shit i don't see them having as big of a need to get out of the house and you brought up something that i have noticed twofold one being the last couple weeks people have been in their cars more that Mm -hmm. other part wasn't it those sayings home is where the heart is (laughs) if you're not comfortable being at home then that's something else that you might want to look at yeah you know psychological psychological like a lot of folks they say that they are home bodies typically you know when you would talk to people you know pr pre-arona you know, I, I just like being at home and you know, I don't really like being out all the time. Now, because they was told they have to stay their ass at home. Now everybody wants yep. to be out. It's the effect yep. of getting what you can't have is what it really comes down to. But it I is agree. making people a lot more healthier, even if it's to a detriment, because I know I probably scared at least 17 senior citizens while I was riding on this bike trail this morning, <laughs> which they're normally not out there. But, you know, the shit's flooded See? right now. So I got Yeah. And that makes so, for, for uncomfortable situations, too, because 
there's only so much space, you know, pavement. That's one thing. But then that whole thing you were talking about of feeling like you're you're being overcrowded. It's because everything else is being shut down. People are going to places they usually wouldn't go to. And it's making those areas overcrowded. I would walk to the car and like I'd meet someone at the sidewalk and it's like, you got this stare down thing going on. Like, all right, bro, I'm going to the left. You're going to go to the right or or I'm going to the right. You're going to the left. Like it's gotten so weird outside but i know it's necessary and i hope that when they do start opening this stuff back up people are sticking to six feet wear your mask wear gloves like if you go on grocery shopping wear the gloves you know how many people been in there before you like oh. people aren't really being s- the smartest no wash your hands <laughs> right wash and just just touch the door that's a lot of justin all them hands didn't touch that door yeah someone I, then dug and they book a nose uh, uh does the wedgie you know uh, it can get real yeah, there was, <laughs> was a usa today article about 10 days ago that came out mm-hmm. and it said that approximately 1 million lives could be saved worldwide annually if people wash their hands regularly mm-hmm. i don't know which I, part was sadder about that that you could save that many lives off of washing hands or there was just that many people that don't wash their hands that, that frequently. Don't, uh-huh, don't wash their hands after they use the restroom like they haven't made habits out of this or they made, or they used to be told to do it as a kid, and they rebelled against it. Now, kind of like when we were younger, mom would make us clean up everything. And mm-hmm. then when I got my first apartment, I was like, I ain't cleaning up nothing. Yeah. I'm gonna clean when I get ready to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the same mind, like the same thing, but in a different area, obviously. Yeah, you're rebelling See? for one reason, and then some folks end up having common sense and understand that you don't necessarily need to do that to be able to prove mm-hmm. your point. And, Nasty. And some folks don't get that. <laughs> some of the nastiest stuff that you will see is when you're flying and you come in from a, a terminal off the plane and everybody tends to make that rush to the bathroom. And then oh, you, no. you come in from the stall and it's guaranteed there's going to be at least four out of five that are going to walk right past the damn sink as soon as they went to the toilet. And it's not even so much, even if you think that your, your package is pristine, you just, right. got, you just got off a plane. And we all know Ooh. the plane is like the last frontier of just complete... Uh, unknowns when it comes to the cabinized air pressure where everybody's coming from and quite honestly it ends up being something that i have to keep in mind as we get ready to reset the country again mm-hmm. but no you'll you'll see folks getting off and then you're gonna get a, a sandwich from jimmy john's like that bro you know you have to lock the door to get in and out and then you go just take all that little bacteria off your little fingertips and then go <laughs> put it on your sandwich and then eat it huh all right that's real cute and, and then ask Delicious. for a diet coke <laughs> right <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's horrible and nasty now it's so nasty <laughs> now check this with the, the western alliance and uh-huh. and with vegas eventually we're gonna open things back up on the strip somehow or another they'll make a way they did say if we take it back to when you were still living here that when we had that unfortunate recession in 07 to 09 some of the first travelers that started coming back were from the state of california in particular southern california you live in Southern California now. Now, mm-hmm. you may not be the greatest person to ask this question because we're here, but you have friends and family and loved ones that love coming to Vegas. Yeah. Have you talked with any of them about just the idea of when will they feel comfortable about traveling back into the city? No, I think like this, I like to call the people I deal with smart. The smart ones that I, you know, family members, friends, they're more like, I'm not leaving till a month after y'all said it's unlocked. Like, I'm not doing that. We're not doing that. You mm-hmm. can shut the city down, but y'all say May 16th. All right, we'll holler at you June 16th just to be safe. You know, my birthday coming around that time, too, so I'm really not trying to do too much. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> so all of us, you, you middle of the summer. So you at least get a little bit of a buffer to see what's going to happen before making that kind of decision. Right. But yeah, most of us are like, we're not, you know, you talking about opening up on the 16th or what, you know, whatever that phase one thing is. No, we're going to wait it out a little bit. Cause a lot of my friends are entrepreneurs and like a lot of my family members have the essential worker job. So they're already at work coming home. They're trying to keep that same system going, work, come home, work, come home yeah. and not be out at a restaurant just cause it's open. When you look at how that stuff jumped off of people, if you just educate yourself and see how easily you can catch that stuff. They stay at home, but don't nobody want to research because they don't want to get scared or they don't want to be uh, responsible for getting it because they are no better. Or it's just, it's a lot easier to believe the hype that you're on your, or that you see on your timeline versus mm -hmm. you actually knowing for knowledge itself. There's a few things that you can go take a quick look at depending on how long your, your brain and your attention span is. On Netflix, uh, Vox, which is a website also, distribution network for news content they do a series called Explained, and they just recently did a coronavirus Explained, about 19 minutes. Hopefully, and there's enough visuals and enough flashing lights for most of y'all simple asses that may not wanna <laughs> actually dig in, but it's a very simplistic way of you know trying to show y'all that it wasn't from no damn 5G, that these, right. these sophuses, open your third eye type folks are trying to sit there and believe you to believe. And it just goes over how it spreads the history of similar type of viruses in the society of man. And then the craziest part about it is the majority of the interviews that they did in the piece were before this shit hit and they were explaining what was going to actually happen next if we weren't prepared. That's probably the trippiest part about it. Then if you want to go down the rabbit hole, there's been, you know, go do a JRE podcast, or sorry, Joe Rogan Experience podcast. He's had folks on there the CNNs, the MSNBCs, the Al Jazeera's, there's all different ways to be able to get, but I think the PSA I want to get across is it did not come from 5G because there's only about seven countries on the whole damn globe that have 5G. To have 5G, right. I um, actually watched that explain. I watched all the explains. I love that show. They did really simplify it for everyone. So it's almost like if you don't get how it's contracted from this, I really can't help. It is crazy how they say that the mirror, what is it, mirrors, mirrors disease, SARS, like how all those were kind of sort of COVID diseases. Mm -hmm. And that this is like a hybrid or like a, a branch of that is crazy how they just keep getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. But what ends up happening is that the opportunities for these different insects and these different animals to intermingle with human populations, it's becoming greater. What you are noticing around the world is some of the clearest skies in some of the major cities, some of the ozone redactions above the globe. The world is getting a chance to reset itself. And a lot of these, you know, animals are being moved off of their own natural habitat. We talk about the bats, where the likelihood is, is that this origin of this virus came from. Bats are being moved out of their own habitat because of people, capitalists, entrepreneurs in the most loose of terms are going into these areas and knocking down that wildlife. Well, where do you think they're going to go to? There's places throughout the country right now where because nobody's really hitting the streets, wolves and other animals are coming back out to come kick it. We have to remember, outside of the natives that were here, it was they land before it was even the native's land. So they just basically yep. come back to come kick it. And you push them out of that land. So they've got to kind of try to find ways to kick it in different places together. And then sometimes they're not supposed to kick it together. And right. you get a virus and then everybody starts moving and shaking. It's unfortunate. And I 
just heard them say something like about how they're hurting the animals and things like that, mm. putting them in close proximity and making diseases that aren't transferable to humans. But from the bats to the pig to from the bird into the pig makes something that humans can get. That is scary. Yeah. Yeah. And that is scary. And as much as people want to sit there and say that what happens with the Chinese wet market is inhumane and that they should tell them to shut those down. This is what you would consider, you know, a mutually exclusive correct statement. Both can be right, but still have wrongs to them. They should shut those down. But also we have to look at how a lot of mass production is done for our food processing. When you look at some of those chicken farms, there's roughly was about 2 million chickens that were laid to rest because of the supply chain being thrown off because restaurants and distributors aren't picking up the same amount of fowl. When you look at those cages, they're stacked on top of each other. And that's with pigs, that's with chickens, that's with cattle. And this is coming from somebody that enjoys all of them. Well, minus the pigs. (laughs) You can't sit there and point your finger at China or any other country that is figuring out a way to be able to create food and opportunity and content for their people and then sit there and not at least know what's going on in your own country. If it wouldn't have happened there, it's a potential it could have happened here. I agree. It just so happens that the majority of our country, there's certain things that we don't like to chop up at the meat market. That's being one of them. That's really I just hate I just hate that, like you said, it's one of those things where it should, shouldn't. I, I know that that's people's livelihoods, like having these open markets out there and stuff like that. But there has to be some type of health code or way for them to have that in a more controlled way or more like, I don't know, because yeah, I don't want to take from people's mouth because that's been their businesses for years. Yeah, but there's no decades. farmer's market in Wuhan. There's no organic dung bats in Wuhan. <laughs> Oh, all right. <laughs> no, that's not how it really works. Okay. I, I get your premise. You're an idiot. But, but to your point, though, to, to be able to be more serious about it, that actually goes more to what they consider food deserts. There shouldn't be food deserts, but because there are, people are they're going to those extremes to be able to have meat. What is a food desert? Places in the world where there's food all around you, but between distribution, access, economic means, you can't get to it. Think of inner cities where there's not a grocery store within decent traveling distance or the uh, population is larger than the opportunities to be able to get decent amounts of food. And okay. the fact that we throw away anywhere from 30 to 40, 40% of waste of food in our country over the year. So all those things combined can create areas where there should be more opportunity to have food than there's not. And then you just stress that over the world. Okay, got it. I learned something new. Hey, anyway. There you go. <laughs> oh, now, with the country eventually resetting itself, the economic mindset's going to shift a little bit. Depending on who you listen to, job creation is going to go away and it's going to decrease just because of AI and some industries just fading out. The job market is going to go less from actual hand-to-hand service and more into opportunities of buying and selling or using technology to create an opportunity. You have found Mm -hmm. a way to be able to do that. With you being in the trade market, Mm -hmm. what would you say got you first off interested in trading? And give more, just a little detail of what it is that you trade, how you want to at least try to tell people to start looking for not being afraid of getting into the market. Okay. So I started five years ago. I was saying a little prayer to God just because I needed something. Like I felt so empty. I felt broke. I felt sad, unhappy, just everything that comes along with like depression. 
and I was on Instagram scrolling, and then I saw these little tick mark things, and I've always been weird and liked to go left when everyone went right. So I'm like, hey, what's that stuff? So I'm scrolling, I push the hashtag Forex, I'm looking, I'm looking, and it's so saturated with white boys. Let me say that first. I saw a bunch of white boys, a bunch of white boys. I didn't see any white girls. Caucasian males. Caucasian males. That's who I saw. I didn't care. I knew that I can learn something from anybody. So I clicked this specific page, this guy named Levi Peters. I was like, hey, what's this? And he was like, oh, it's Forex. So he's like, join my team. I can teach you some stuff. Obviously, you pay for these services and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had nothing to lose at the end of the day because I was already broke. (laughs) And I knew that... (laughs) <laughs> I knew that this was something that can pay me for the rest of my life and not just temporarily. So I I couldn't grasp what he was teaching me. No matter how many times I read the stuff, no matter how much money I spent on trying on just resources, just I spent a lot of money on trying to figure it out. I had to unlearn so many things. It was just a hard, it's hard. It's really, really hard to learn how to trade, but I knew that I needed to do something for myself, by myself and actually put in the time to research it. So like I said, five years, five years ago, I looked into it. Just now I'm getting it. That's sad. It's not sad. It's not sad. But that's sad to me because I'm like, dang, I thought that in that moment I was going to change my life, but it didn't happen that way. So I said that to say there's a lot of people marketing um, Forex trading on Instagram. Mm. Don't fall for it for real. Mm. Don't spend your money. Don't join these free signal services. Don't do any of that stuff. Take your butt on YouTube. Look at the older people that trade and figure out what they do. Pay attention to what they do. But basically, Forex trading is the foreign exchange market. It's the most liquid market in the world, over billions and billions and billions of dollars daily. And you basically sell a pair against a pair. A pair meaning the United States dollar versus like a euro. If I think the United States dollar is going to sink versus the euro, I'm going to sell my U.S. dollar. If I think the euro is going to cost more than the U.S. dollar, I'm going to sell my euro. So I trade those against each other and you make money off of the different price sticks. Um, it's, it's hard to look at when you look at it, you're like, what is that? Why are there little candlesticks and why are they moving up and down? And that's too much. And you'll just not do it. But it's so lucrative for anybody who can't work, who um, is disabled, people who are tired of working for somebody else people who just need extra income and you can go as slow or as fast as you want to. Just like the best decision that I've made, honestly, because like I said, it'll pay me for the rest of my life. I'm giving you a golf clap, yeah. And I forgot, so so my goal was, all right, I'm gonna master gold. Gold, you're not gonna beat my ass. You're not gonna do that. So (laughs) I stopped gold, like my friend Jay will tell you, my phone is always on, like lit up, watching the charts. Even now, I will watch the market move so I get familiar with the way it moves. So when it doesn't move regularly, I know something's wrong and I know to stay out. But I put in that time. And he said something the other day. He was like, if you don't become a millionaire off trading, I know it don't work. (laughs) I know it don't work. And I'm like, I know I'm going to make great money off of trading. So thank you for having faith in me. He just sees that I'm always working on it. I'm always researching, reading psychology books for trading, reading like um, Beyond the Matrix. I just read a lot of books about it. Like I'm passionate about it. Wait, and a lot of you, people may you read books well, yeah i hate you <laughs> but i only i'm so weird i only read books about trading 
and psychology and books about my mind and how to not think like the masses. I read those types. I don't like the books. Like, girl, he slept with my man, honey. Yeah, knocked on the door. I don't like them get a book. <laughs> I don't like fairy tale fantasy books. I like books that will teach you something that I could teach somebody else and that can teach somebody else and that I could teach my nephew. I could teach my mom how to trade. My goal is to teach all y'all how to trade. First of all, it's a never ending cycle and you're constantly learning new ways and I'm trying to simplify it as simple as I can get it and then I'm going to disperse it to my people. First Period, off, poo. First off, <laughs> all the books that I read, all my books are coloring books. I hate you. So I really do. If, if they've got a 4X really, for kids, then... You know that that might be what I can I can get down with. You know, just stencil That's me out the gold. That's what my course gonna be. That's what my course will be. What, my for, course will be for trading for dummies, not yeah. them. But you know, it's gonna be better than a trading for dummy. I want it to be a short course. I mean, super short because I know my attention span is like real. Ooh, like something happened. Oh, you lost me. <laughs> I needed to be able to teach those type of people because I know that our youth. That's how they are right now. And, youth can't teach. They ask nothing. Yeah, and the youth need to have something that gives them a sense of purpose because. The, the economic model is going to be different. The job model is going to be different. Like they said, anywhere from 60% of 60% or 7% of the current core of businesses now are going to be either AI or phased out. What are you going to do? I mean, hospitality is still going to have some need to actually have human element. There's machines are still going to need us until that Terminator 2 moment where they just <laughs> rise on us. But yeah, that's like right around before we die around our age. So it's okay. But, right. But, but, but what are we going to do to be able to help the next group of kids up to have some kind of career path? That's something that has to be addressed and learning yeah. how to get into more STEM opportunities or to get into markets of trading international commodities. That's key because it's things that one, it's a necessary evil Two, it's things that for most of our neighborhoods, they were never discussed. As you brought up, your path had to go through going and interacting and noticing that it was Caucasian males, Caucasian, I know, but just going through and not even females that you had to learn from that and then take that knowledge. And now you're passing it along to a more diverse crowd. Right. You're, you're helping people find out the next opportunity. Yep. And I, I don't know if you notice how I do it. I'll just like tease people like, look at that. If my stupid ass can do it, huh, y'all can do it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're brilliant, but remedial. I get it. Yeah, there you go. But I really want to teach Christian and he blow up somebody's spot and teach his folks. Like, I want to trickle that way because drugs are more accessible. Gangbang is more accessible. Guns are more accessible. And I need his mind on something else. I don't need yeah. his mind on, dang, I got to ask my mom for $20. Dang, they don't have no jobs for 18-year-olds. Dang, I don't know how to make money other than maybe doing something that I saw one of my friends do. I don't have time for that because I'm going to beat somebody up. We're going to reverse that. It's going to be like, yim, 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 yim. <laughs> No, I get what you mean. That you, you, If you at least put it out there to young, ambitious kids that are already in front of a computer, and you can mm -hmm. correlate to them that the time that you're spending in front of the computer, you can actually earn money off of it. Because let's take a step back. You being my younger sister, you knew there was a point in time back in my day where I stayed on the video game, son. Mm -hmm. Stayed on it religiously. But our parents would say, get off them damn video games because what? Because you can't make no money playing them damn video yep. games. Fast forward to 2018, <laughs> 19. Folks is making goddamn millions off of playing video games. Folks is making money Videos. off of other people watching them play video games. Yep. And they still trapped back there. Like, oh, no, that's crazy talk. No, 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 it's not crazy. Yeah. It's really not crazy. You got to move with the times. Move with the times. I used to be one of those people like, get your phone out your hand. 
why are you on your phone so much? Why? But if you're working, if you're not just scrolling through Instagram, liking Big Booty Judy and Booty 420 Judy. Annie, you know, as long as you're do, doing something that's going to be better for you and lucrative for you in the end, then you're good. But if you're just fluffing off and just scrolling just to scroll because you're bored and don't want to do nothing else, then that's when the pop. Yeah. I mean, right now with things being, even still with them talking about they're going to open things back up, it's still going to be a slow rollout. These moments should have been times where you just started thinking about what your next 12 months, 24 months, 36 months are going to be. And yeah, you still have to be predicated on what the country does to an extent, but just mentally Mm -hmm. knowing what you want to actually do and what you don't want to do. You know, those things that you should be considering and you don't have to be intelligent to think about what you want to do in your future. Right. You just have to have a blues clue. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) You just have to have a blues clue. Like you don't have to know, no, but you have to have a clue. You just got to be willing to explore your inner door. What, what, what we going to go with, with nursery shows now at this point? PBC? Yes, Nickelodeon. My guy. I love the suit. Said I need to think of chair thing. They ain't got nothing but time to think. Oh, yep. And all that. Just you. Uh, that was, that's good, though. That's good. Lean into whatever you're your thoughts are that you want to do and find out if it's me? something that you can oh. no not you just in general fool I thought, I thought you wanted me to say something I was like, okay oh, so. no no it's just here I, I will throw it back to you then but lean in leaning into things that you consider that you want to at least try the one thing that I always say about my youngest sister is that she has always been willing to go out there and lean into an opportunity and just try to figure out if she can make it work the mm-hmm. ambition not to be confused with Wale's album, which uh, that was a cold album. Um, but the ambition that she's always had, I've always tipped my hat to it and will love and appreciate her efforts of doing that. Knowing Aww. that that you've got those opportunities coming up and the energy that you're you're trying to possess and share with other people. Can you just give a couple seconds to folks on believing and leaning into things that you think that you want to actually accomplish? I've always been the type of person that didn't mind sticking my neck out to try something to see if it would work because I knew I would feel worse not trying it. So as dumb as you think it may feel to look like you're promoting yourself or trying to do something for yourself, that's when you should lean in some more. The moment you start feeling scared, the moment you start feeling like you look dumb, press down harder. You just keep on posting, keep trying, keep looking for things, research, hop on Google, hop on YouTube, YouTube's crazy, hop on Facebook, look at hashtags on Instagram, work from home. Whatever it is that you think you want to do, there's always five different places to learn about it. And people might get annoyed by you tell something. People might get annoyed at that. But at the end of the day, what is their annoyance going to do for your bills? Right. Not a thing. Right. What is their annoyance going to do for your insights? Nothing. It's going to make you feel worse if you even give a damn. And I've never really given a damn because at the end of the day, I know I'm going to succeed in whatever avenue it's going to be. And it's it's always a good thing to have more than one, too. At least have seven, seven different ways on how you can make all of them might not work. But you're going you gonna to get one. One's going to hit. And once one hits, everyone's going to be like, hey, what are you doing? Teach me. How yeah. do you do that? Yeah. And then it's going to start a trickle effect where they probably felt stupid trying to put their stuff out there. Because I literally felt felt stupid, but I couldn't let that alter my results. Yeah. I've been feeling stupid posting that before and after. It's like, Lord, somebody going to come through here talking about this fat girl. Blah, blah, blah. I have to act like 
I don't even see that. Fear not being there and knowing that you've got the beauty inside and out. And I don't mean just that the physical beauty of it, but the beauty of knowing that it's not just you that's looking at that image. That you, right. what you're doing could be the difference in somebody deciding that their life isn't worth a damn anymore and deciding to check out. And you will never actually meet them or interact, but you mm -hmm. having the belief that it's okay for me to share this truth might help somebody to actually keep themselves alive. And then that whole thing yeah. about, about, you know, when you were first getting in and yeah, you might be a little bit of a bugaboo, you know, posting your content to tell people, this is what I'm doing. This is my movement. It may not help them because they don't want to see the way, but it's helping you because somebody will end up seeing the way and they'll want to yeah. learn. And if they don't learn directly from you, at least they can say that they learn things off of you. And that's just as good because they're giving you validation and they're giving you a referral to be able to say, I helped these folks at least see that there's a path. And that's beautiful. Right. And on top of that, at the end of the day, you have to seek motivation. Like people can't give that to you. I'm on YouTube listening to hours of motivational speakers, Our, looking at people that succeeded and listening to their story and how they got there and what they didn't let seep into their mind or what they didn't do or there's a lot of people that feel exactly how you feel but have succeeded or got out of their own way reached next levels but at the end of the day all of us are little sales reps we're all selling something whether it's a product or it's a vibe or it's a, a radio show or we're all little sales and we're all sitting there trying to get our stuff out there everyone's doing the same thing so people can't technically get annoyed they really want to know what it is they want to know how to be a part of it if we can properly market things and people are scared to market themselves i'm not you say that you you listen to motivational you know videos and you do daily meditations mm -hmm. you wish that it would have been comfortable in our cultures when we were younger to know that those kind of things are okay. Because when you started to find that part of your evolution, at first people said that you weren't necessarily doing something that was quote, black or right. quote, culturally appropriate. I'm glad that people are now understanding that mental health hits all cultures. You know, sure focus does. and motivation hits all cultures. Just because it wasn't something that was done in our neighborhoods, but it was done in somebody else's neighborhood doesn't mean that we shouldn't be able to do it too. And just getting right. out of that funk of thinking this is a, a poor thing or this is a Caucasian male thing. No, this is a thing that's going to help you to be able to push yourself and more importantly, push your people forward. So it's okay to meditate. It's okay to listen to motivational speakers. And you doing those kind of things move the energy to other people to be willing to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to think, like I said, when I first started meditating, I felt dumb. Like, that's my genuine feelings. I felt stupid. I couldn't focus. I'm like, this is stupid. This is really dumb. Like, I, every time I try to close my eyes and focus, I think about a bill or I think about... Um, something that's bothering me and that's kind of sort of why we meditate and um, I don't know I just make sure that I'm feeding myself positivity because there's so much negativity in on this phone first of all we scroll through Instagram Instagram is a beautiful place but you can see something so terrible and that can shock you and move your energy in another way and meditation and yoga and all that good stuff makes makes you feel like you didn't even see it scroll true. right past it true go right past it because people can take on those emotions because it's transferable and you got to be able to have something that's going to balance you back out because you got to take care of business every day what i look like being sad that is terrible <laughs> it's terrible well i think a lot of those things also come from learning and having good role models and good people that made you believe that it's okay to uh to be willing to 
to look past the evil and look past the darkness. You know, yeah. as we're recording this out, we're a few days past it. Birth father, um, the good man that, that did one of the greatest things that any male can do is look out for me as his own. He went on to a better place 11 years prior. When we speak of, you know, Greg Page, it's many of emotions, but some of the best ones are ones that make me laugh and make me smile. I, I saw your post and your dedication that you did to him the other day, which was super dope. The last two images were the ones that were the craziest, and it was because of the jacket that you got that was recreated. Mm -hmm. And seeing that, that imagery was just, it was eerily dope. First off, the man would be proud. Hey. And <laughs> On top of that, he would also be super excited at the fact of seeing where you're going here now. If you had to share one jewel that you can remember that other people might be able to find a positive movement in. Well, it'll be something that he told me from a kid that stayed with me for sure. And I use it in different ways over and over. If he used to tell my sister and I, wax on, wax off. And that meant for our toenail polish or our fingernail polish, like either put some new polish on or take that cracked polish off. Yeah. I basically use that like do it or don't, no gray areas. And I just basically applied that to everything. Either I'm going to do it completely, wholeheartedly, jump in and don't be scared, or I'm just really not going to do it at all. I can't tiptoe because when I tiptoe, I start feeling like doubting myself. I really do. I'm like, ah, you know, people might not No, And then I'm robbing myself of my happiness because what what is it going to hurt to just go all in? What am I going to lose by going in? But I have everything to lose by half-ass. That wax on, wax off, Mr. Miyagi, that Daniel son, that stuck with me since I think I was maybe 11, 12. Yep, wax on, wax off. Okay. From, what is that? What movie was that? The Ninja? The, uh, with Mr. Miyagi. She said the ninja. Man, <laughs> Not the ninja. Uh, karate kid. Karate kid. There we go. <laughs> My memory be bad. My memory bad. I don't but even yeah, think there's a movie. movie called The Ninja. <laughs> Shut up. I think there is now. Actually, it came out in like 2018. I hate you. There's American Ninja. <laughs> uh, there's American oh. Ninja Warrior. Uh, just, just The Ninja. Your mama like that. Yeah. The Ninja starring Tay Diggs coming to CW. Tay, Tay Diggs in the <laughs> You idiot. <laughs> that's on you. Uh, that's, but that. Okay. All right. The wax on, wax off. Yeah. Yeah. And his work ethic, just how we would be home and it would be wee early in the morning when I'd see him just leaving and he won't come back for like three hours. But when he come back, he's sweating to death. He's sweating to the, to the whole death. And you see that man that ran about 20 miles and didn't complain about it. He did it just about every single day before he even started feeding his children he made sure he did what made his soul happy and what made him content with his day so he could father us properly yeah and that's something that i took away like every morning i drink my coffee i you know read or i meditate like those little processes that he did i kind of do not to that extent like jogging in the park at four in the morning with sauna suits on i'm not doing that well you, you know, also you also not trying to fight trevor burbick either so <laughs> 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 he used to have Allie and I, he'd be trailing us. I don't know if you were at home. I think you were in college. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, or hang with your friends or something. He would wake us up at the weird early hours at like four and take us to that park down the street. And he'd be in the car, driving slow while we're running around the track. He'd cut our arms out the little uh, grocery, I mean, trash, trash bags, bags yeah. so we could sweat, put the Abilene cream on us. And he'd trail us early in the morning. Where'd he do that? Early work ethic, just to hope <laughs> that those are things that eventually you guys remember and do yourself. And, and you guys, yep. you and Allison have definitely figured out a way to be able to make that work. You know, I, I remember that work ethic and I appreciate it 
all the things that he did, I appreciate it more so after he passed, mm -hmm. just because they became more reflective at that point. Mainly that that early morning, I remember them to where it made it where now it's something that in some ways I can kind of walk with them um, because the mornings, they're for me, but they okay. give you that time to be able to reflect. And then when you just you just brought it up and it, it took me right back there that he used to do that same thing. The, the mornings were for him to be able to to focus and yeah. and to be able to set his days up. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it was just those things that that will always stick out to me that he did in those moments that will be forever grateful to. And those, you know, number one is that the fact that it gave me the passion and the appreciation for boxing without that. You know, we wouldn't have had mouth uh, food in our mouths and a roof over our head. Right. But also, um, it wouldn't have given me the passion to want to create a podcast. So uh, there's, there's so many things that I will always, you know, be thankful for him, too. And I could go ad nauseum just like you could about that. But I just want to make sure that anybody that listens, they make sure that they give their respects to their old man, um, be it if they're above the ground or if they are not. And if you can't talk to them right away or hug them right away, take a couple seconds in this day that you listen to this podcast and just reflect and have a moment to be able to just say thank you to them within your own thoughts. It somehow or another will be able to reach that soul because as you brought up earlier, the energy never disappears. It just transfers. And you know what's cool, Chuck? That you got to experience that as a teenager. And that is so cool. Like you got to experience him at like your pivotal moment yeah. where you were becoming a man and you were able to see him and now you're able to kind of trickle that down to me and Ali since you are the male in our life. Yeah. Yeah. You yep. I, I, I appreciate that. I talked with uh, you know with, with the homie uh Tuan and, and Jean because you know, they were you know we can went to high school together. Chapter town stand up actually drove past chaparral for the first time in decades it felt like not just on the freeway but actually drove past the campus like jesus i barely remember going <laughs> to school there because <laughs> <laughs> you weren't there <laughs> but you know sitting there and talking with twan and gene over the last couple months we you know we grabbed ass and talked shit about other things but then we would go back and have conversations about memories that we had about gp and and being a teenager and experiencing those years it was very helpful obviously i would have loved him to still been around during the years post that but having him during those teenage years and then also growing up with some of that core you know teen tyson don king production time it the only thing that i really wish is that i, I would have kept more of those memories but Oddly enough, I don't remember everything from yesterday, but I can remember some of the times just being at the MGM Grand Garden and sitting in the trailer, you know, before a fight or, you know, putting papers together or looking at contracts. And, and I go to those moments. Uh -huh. I tend to go to those moments when I'm on a layover or just driving endlessly to go from one location to another back. You know, we could actually drive places. Those things I, I bring back and those memories I'll always hold dear. And I am. I'm, I'm lucky that I went through them during my teenage years where that was really the biggest thing in my life. Pass some of that along to, you know, people in my household and also people that I interact with. It's again, the energy doesn't disappear. It just transfers to something else, man. I love it, brother. Yes, indeed, sis. Now, I love it. As we wrap this bad boy up, because the windows of trading are back open, and I also know that yeah, enough, they always open. Yeah, and, and thankfully enough, I, I'm an essential worker. <laughs> hey, that is golden. <laughs> that is a golden. I'm about to turn it on right when we hang up. <laughs> oh, sis, I promise. Yeah, since we are essential workers out there, we got to get ready to get going to it. Word of, of wisdom 
that we'll leave out on that I want you to give. If you had to tell one young lady that is looking at the edge of taking that step to figure out how great she can be, but she hasn't taken it yet, what would you tell her? I'd say act like you don't see anybody. Act like there's no competition. Act like there's no one better than you. Act and think and maneuver like you are the best of the best of the best of the best of the best and can't nobody steal your shit, period. That's the advice I needed. Because that's like a confidence booster, and that's all you need is confidence in whatever it is. Be confident whatever it is. What What's yours is yours. You know, I, I think I was going to go with a different working title, but sis, I think you just nope. gave it to me. Can't nobody steal your shit? Nope. Can't nobody steal your shit. I believe that. I believe that. I truly believe that. Okay. Yep. I'll make sure I, I put that one down for the, the, again, that will be the title episode. Hey! I, I lost track because we've been, we've been banking a few of them, so I don't want to put the actual number on, but for this episode, that will be the name of it. Leisure. Period. Poo. Period. Sorry. Period. <laughs> Period with the D. Period. Go ahead and let the folks know how they can keep a hold of you and be able to find out where this movement of greatness is going to be going, little sis. All right. So you can follow me on Instagram at I I am Alicia A L I C I A. Yep. You can follow my forex trading account at She Takes Profit with an S. Profits as in money. She takes the profit. And you can follow me on um, Facebook at I I am Alicia as well. Like what's that facebook yeah oh wow. it, it's the thing that i keep all my passwords that's the reason why i still have it yes yes oh you know what hey let me say this really quick before you end the call okay use facebook because there's a lot of money on facebook a lot of money sitting there a lot of people are ready to buy stuff on facebook don't sleep on facebook that's where all your granny your auntie your auntie and all them that need uh health and wellness products your auntie and them that need uh just to be brought to 2020 first of all yeah Facebook is a goldmine. Okay, you know what? This this might stay on, but I might pull this one back off. Here's why I can't stand Facebook. Because as much as it, yes, it is a platform for the whole world to come together. I can't get you to not put me on a damn notification that if I don't forward this message to 17 other people, <laughs> Jesus will not make sure that I get the blood. <laughs> of land. I can't stand that shit. I can't. Yeah, so I don't you, like that either. You judging me because I don't want to <laughs> send my stuff to where Russian bots might find out our information. I'm trying to protect you because of cybersecurity, but you won't look down on me because I don't forward your Jesus post. Got a lot of nerve. <laughs> Alright. Well, you gonna go to hell if you don't like this post. Man, if what? you don't get the hell up out of here, you don't even know where hell is. Alright, before we get in trouble with the evangelists. I love you. I love you too, sis. I'll catch up with you later. Have a good day trade, alright? Oh my god, bye. All right, you too. Peace.